Welcome to The Internet Says It's True. I had a great time talking with Daniel Greenwolf last week and telling you the story about Evil Knievel and the absolutely crazy tale about how he got his name. The podcast is catching on. We're seeing more and more listeners every week and more and more Patreon subscribers every week. So thank you very much for joining up, becoming part of the Cool Kids Club. If you want access to bonus episodes and want to listen to not only the guest quizzes, but watch the videos full, unedited, uncut, you can do that by joining up. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. You can listen for as little as $1 a month and cancel at any time. Let's get on with this week's show. Hey, Michael. This is Eric. I recently learned about Frank Richards and what he was famous for. I think you'll have a blast with it. Uh, I don't know who that is. Let's do a quick search. And... Ah, the cannonball guy. He's not the human cannonball. He, This is the guy that takes the cannonball to the belly. And you know what's weird about this? I've seen footage of it, but I couldn't tell you where I saw it before. That film clip is, like, ubiquitous. I never stopped to find out who it was, and I would have never considered what I'm reading here and that there was just one man that was famous for doing this stunt. You may have seen the famous clip. It's been used in all sorts of new media. The clip is of a man wearing goggles with a broad body and a large belly, standing in front of a cannon, and a cannonball comes out, hits him in the belly, and the shock ripples the skin and the fat of his stomach as he absorbs the impact of the cannonball. That's Frank Richards. In 1887, Frank Anson Richards was born in a Kansas town called Minneapolis to Richard and Ellen Richards. His dad was named Richard Richards. Richard Jones Richards. Awesome. Well, as a young man, Frank Richards fought in World War I and at some point realized he had the ability to take tremendous amounts of force to his abdomen. How much force? Apparently, he figured out he could take a punch at full strength to the stomach and not be affected. He thought he was onto something, so after the war, he entered the vaudeville circuit with his ironclad gut. He would allow people to pay their entry fee to punch him in the stomach. Even world-famous boxing heroes like heavyweight champion boxers Jack Dempsey and Jess Willard punched Richard in the stomach at full force. Quick side note, This is how Harry Houdini died in 1926. Not many people know this, especially because of the inaccuracies in the movie starring Tony Curtis, but Houdini was well known to have a stomach of steel. He had worked out his stomach muscles so much that he could take a punch and the word spread that it was like hitting a wooden plank, which is weird because I just described it as a stomach of steel, but it was like either wood or steel. He had a strong stomach. And there was a 31-year-old student from McGill University in Montreal who met Houdini backstage. This student came backstage with some friends, and some reports through the years have said that the student was a boxer, but he wasn't. He simply wanted to see if it was true what they said about Houdini's stomach. He asked Harry about it, and Harry wasn't paying attention. He was just reading his mail or something and relaxing on a couch because he had broken his ankle. So he was resting backstage before the show that night, Before Houdini could set his stomach muscles, the guy punched him a whole bunch of times really fast, and he doubled over in pain. He went on to perform that night, but had a fever, and he was just in incredible pain. 
He went to the hospital a couple days later, and like a week later, he died of appendicitis. Now, we don't know if his appendix was ruptured before, and the punch just made it worse, but this Frank Richards story reminded me of that, the idea that, you know, hey, I have a strong stomach, you guys, come and punch it a whole lot. So I thought I'd just add that in. So let's get back to Frank Richards. His vaudeville act was a success, and if you aren't familiar with what vaudeville is, it was a series of performers who would all perform separate acts together on the same bill and often would travel around doing shows. This is like the late 1800s, early 1900s. You could pay one fee and see all these acts. And Frank Richards' contribution to the show was to show off the strength of his amazing iron stomach. He would ask people to punch him with all their might and it wouldn't phase him. The act evolved into more elaborate stunts. Frank would lie on the ground have people line up in front of his body, and one by one, they'd get their turn to jump on his abdomen. He'd stand while someone ran a battering ram into him, and then he'd get struck with a two-by-four. As a finale, he'd find the biggest man in the room and allow that man to swing an 18-pound sledgehammer into his stomach. But with all of that, amazing as it may be, we wouldn't know who he was if it weren't for his most famous stunt, a new finale to his act, a stunt he could only do twice a day because it was so hard on his body. And we'll talk about that after I tell you about Virtual Presenter Course. Now, I've been telling you about this for a few weeks. I'm really excited about it because I get asked all the time for advice on how to do the presentations that I do in live streaming and in Zoom meetings, you know? People will have a Zoom meeting with me where I'll do a magic show and they'll see that I'm able to do these smooth transitions and put graphics up on the screen and have stellar sound and that type of thing and they want to know how to do it but I can't teach I'm not a good teacher of that type of thing and if you just download the software you're not going to know what to do with it because it takes a long time and it took me lots and lots of YouTube videos to learn how I had to go and find that stuff for myself that's where virtual presenter course comes in you don't have to go out and try to figure out what it is you have to learn they will give you step-by-step -step instructions that even non-tech savvy people understand. It'll help turn your presentations into like a virtual broadcast studio. I want your online meetings to be awesome, so I'm giving you 20% off your order just for listening to my podcast. Uh, go to virtualpresentercourse.com slash 30 or use the link in the show notes. I promise you, you're going to like what you see. It's virtualpresentercourse.com slash 30 and that'll give you 20% off. On Joke Story Trick Live this week, man, I lucked out with this guest. I've got Matt Dillahunty on the show. Matt Dillahunty hosts a show called The Atheist Experience. He is a well-known debater of theologians and uh, thinkers all over the globe. He is just an awesome dude, super sweet guy. He came to one of my shows once when I was down there in Austin, Texas. And he's just, he's a big deal. I'm going to be honest. He's a big deal. So come and watch the show this Tuesday night. There are only three shows left. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. Go to jokestorytrick.com. One last thing to tell you about Scotty Vest. ScottyVest.com. I want you to go there and look at the clothes that they have because they're functional clothes that you wouldn't know you were wearing some sort of special jacket that's layered with 22 pockets. It just looks like a normal fleece or a normal jacket. They've got all kinds of, they've got pants and shirts, even underwear with pockets in it. So think about that as you're like hanging out at home, right? You can put your phone in there and just hang out. 
<laughs> and something that I told you last week, you know, when you buy a pair of jeans, you're not supposed to fill the pockets with a bunch of bulky stuff. You're not supposed to have a big phone bulge in your pocket of your jeans. Jeans aren't designed to look good that way. So put it in your Scotty vest. It hides the bulk of the stuff that's in your pockets. You can't even tell. So, you know, I have one jacket. It's a Scotty vest jacket. It can hold a laptop in it. Not that I would ever do that. I don't think I'd ever, like maybe if I was just doing a one day travel thing and I didn't want to bring a bag, but it can do that. And you wouldn't even be able to tell that you had a laptop in your pocket. Go to scottyvest.com. I'm going to get you 15% off if you use the promo code TELLME. Let's get back to the show. Many people have seen the famous act of a person being fired from a cannon. It's a feat that's been performed in circuses and festivals and outdoor events all over the world. Well, in the 1920s, Frank Richards had an act with a cannon that was a little different. Rather than being fired from one, Frank Richards had a cannon fired at him like at him into his stomach and i've looked around everywhere this type of act had never been done before and believe it or not has never been done since it was so popular and unique he soon became known as cannonball richards f.a richards claims to be able to take more punishment than anyone in the world he trains himself with a trip hammer and a pile driver and is willing to allow anyone a clean punch from any angle. Jack Dempsey and other famous heavyweights have tried to knock him down or out without success. No pulling the punches, no faking. These are the biggest Marines we could find. Nothing dents the tremendous development of his stomach muscle. Here's how it went. The cannon will be set up and loaded with a 100-pound cannonball and Richards would stand in front of it. He'd wear eye goggles and a wrap around his belly. He'd stand there just 10 feet away. The fuse was lit, sparks would fly, and the cannon would fire with a big plume of smoke, and Richards would take the hit directly to the belly. It became so famous, newsreels of the stunt were spread far and wide. You know, moving pictures had become a popular medium just recently. He would tell the newspapers he could only do the stunt for two shows a day, more than that was too painful. But here's the thing that stuck with me when I read about this. I've seen photos of this famous piece of armor from the Battle of Waterloo. It's in the Army Museum in Paris, France, and it's a Napoleonic breastplate from a French cavalry soldier. There's a clear hole through the front and the back of the metal breastplate where a British cannonball fired through. It belonged to either Francois Antoine or his brother. History really isn't sure. But whoever was wearing it died on June 18, 1815, and it's pretty clear evidence that you cannot survive a cannonball hit to the chest. And that led me to do further research on Frank Richards, and I learned the cannonball stunt he did was just that. It was a stunt. The ball was real. It was actually 100 pounds, but the cannon was spring-loaded to propel the ball and release a cloud of smoke, but it wasn't really being fired through gunpowder. There may have been a little bit of gunpowder involved in the human cannonball stunt where a person flies out of a cannon they usually have a little bit of gunpowder just to make the boom and the smoke but that's not what's propelling the person the cannonball just received enough velocity from a spring-loaded device to hit him in the stomach it went just enough to go 10 feet and hit him in the stomach but that hundred pound ball hitting him in the stomach still hurts any normal person would be knocked over and injured doing the stunt but it's important to note, nonetheless, it wasn't a real cannon. 
it doesn't matter if it was a real cannon. The stunt was so wildly popular, the newsreel footage has lived on. It's been featured all over popular culture. The slow motion clip of him getting hit by that cannonball and the skin rippling back away from the impact is very popular as stock footage. It's used in everything. He was featured on the cartoon Freakazoid and the Fairly Odd Parents, and he was even referenced in an episode of Seinfeld. A whole episode of The Simpsons had a bit about it where Homer performs the stunt. If you're a Van Halen fan and you have the album Van Halen 3, you've seen a photo of it. That's Frank Richards on the album cover. Although he died in 1969 at the age of 81, Frank Cannonball Richards developed an act so original and so unique that 100 years later, we still recognize his image. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and quiz them. Today, I'm going to call Joel Savage. You may recognize his voice if you're a fan of my talk show because he played Slizzard on the Halloween episode last season. He's a comedian, actor, improviser, and creator of Savage Tech Industries, which produces hilarious short films and live comedy. Joel Savage, what is going on, man? It's so good to see you. Hey, man, what's going on? It, it's been, how long has it been? It's been like... Since last Halloween. It, <laughs> decades. In this uh, currency, yeah. I, I remember you hooked me up with your friend Slizzard for my Halloween episode of Joke Story Trick, which was yeah. one of my favorite episodes. It was so much fun to do. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Slizzard. R.I.P. Slizzard. Yeah, yeah. He's gone, but he's still with us in, in a very real way. Uh, and if you have not gone and watched the Halloween episode of Joke Story Trick, you can find that in season two of Joke Story Trick on YouTube uh, and you better go and watch that soon because pretty soon all of the Joke Story Trick episodes will be coming down and will not be public anymore. Uh, and that will be happening in about three weeks. So, uh, Joel, I brought you on the podcast and you don't know what this is about. But for question one, if you get this first question right, I will donate $50 to Mid-Ohio Food Bank tonight. If you don't get this question right... I'm still going to spend $50, but I'm going to spend it on magic tricks. <laughs> okay. So right. either awesome. I know new, either I know new magic or you feed people. I don't know how long, how, how far $50 goes at the mid Ohio food bank, but that feels like that's a lot of meals. Either uh, way, somebody's winning. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's winning. The earth wins. The so, earth yeah. wins. Here's your question. Yeah. Frank. Cannonball Richards is a man who became famous for what stunt? And this is multiple choice. Okay. Frank Cannonball Richards is a man who became famous for what stunt? A, he was the first human cannonball propelling himself 40 feet in the air. Two, he raced in the cannonball run from coast to coast. Or C, he would have a cannonball fired directly at his stomach at close range. Ooh, okay. Frank cannonball. Okay, so I know. Can I talk through this or do I need to answer like right now? Please talk through it. Absolutely. Okay, so first human cannonball. That's a very big possibility. That sounds like it would be it would be something. Uh let's see. The cannonball run, of course, was a movie starring Dom DeLuise. Uh, where he literally laughed <laughs> like that the entire time. Um, what was the name? Of, what was the name of his superhero alter ego? 
put on a mask it was i don't remember it was oh yeah. that's one person listening to this going ah it's this um and that guy's 70 years old yeah um i think okay i i remember watching like documentaries on uh old carnies and i think he was the guy that would get shot in the in the gut with the cannon and they had it at, at they would slow it down and use it at like Lollapazula. Well, uh, you are absolutely correct. The answer is that that is the man, Frank Cannonball Richards, would have a cannonball fired directly at his stomach at close range. And you are also right in that the, the pop culture usage of the footage went just as long as the career for the man did. So I will right, donate $50 to Mid-Ohio Food Bank tonight uh, because of you. And I'll put your name on that donation. Do you know how Frank Cannonball like actually passed away? I do. I do. Oh, he you know died. What's that? It was diabetes. The what? silent killer. It was, was it really? Is that a thing? I don't, I didn't know no, that. No, it wasn't. I think okay. it was a cannonball to the gut. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. He, the man lived to be 81. What? Yeah. So, uh, pretty good long life for a man that took a cannonball to the gut. I do have some information about the cannonball run that I learned today. Oh, yeah, uh, the that? movie was named after a real live race called the Cannonball. It was a much longer uh, length. So I was like, where did the term cannonball come from in Cannonball Run? And I looked it up, and it was named after a real race called the Cannonball Run, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, well, it still doesn't tell me why it's called the Cannonball Run. So I had to do some more digging and yeah. I learned that the first guy, that race is mimicking uh, a run that this guy did from coast to coast in a certain record time. And that dude's nickname was Cannonball. No way. And I don't, now I got to find out why that guy's nickname was Cannonball. And then, and then Bert, Berton Leon Reynolds. Yes. Heard the story and was like, we got to make a movie, bought the rights. Yeah. Came a uh, very successful movie. Did you stick around and watch the bloopers at the end? <laughs> I, that's all I remember. Me too. I, I remember the bloopers <laughs> much said. more than than the movie. And I get that. I, there was another another movie around that time called Every Which Way But Loose with yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dirty Harry. Oh, uh, Clint Eastwood. You're right. Yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood. And, and I, get those, right? see, I get those two movies confused because I saw them about the same time when I was a little kid. So those those two movies get conglomerated in my head. Okay, yeah. question two. Yeah, For yeah, this look. question, if you get it right, I will put a tiny version of your photo Ooh. within my Facebook photo, like my profile photo, for a week. If you get it wrong, you have to do the same with mine, like a micro version uh, of you inside, like so that it looks like a pixel. So what do you think? All right, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do you it. Good. Okay. Frank Richards was featured taking a cannonball to his stomach on Van Halen's three Van Halen three album cover. The lead singer on this album was neither David Lee Roth nor Sammy Hagar. Who was it? Oh, no. Oh, no. I wish I knew more about uh, 80s metal instead of devoting my time to uh, uh post-punk and uh proto-punk yeah oh crap next time you're on i'll, I'll have a proto-punk question Ooh. about the 
album cover for some band. But first, I will have to do an episode on what protopunk is because I don't know. It, it's the Stooges. Uh, okay. Like the Sonic, I like them, Larry, Moe, and Curly. Like the, they're very much protopunk. Uh, uh, Link Ray. We don't. You know what? I'm just buying my time because I'm trying to think of somebody to name. And was it Gus Van Halen? It was not Gus, the cousin, Gus Van Halen. It was not. Uh, and I did not know this until I looked up this question because I was I knew that the album cover had the guy taking the cannonball. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lead it's singer for that three year period. This is 1996 to 1999. So this was this was uh, high school and college for me. This was the the lead singer from the band Extreme, Gary Sharon. Never was, heard of him. Was the lead singer of Van Halen for this Sorry, one Gary, album. It was just this one album, and uh, they did the one album. They recorded a second album. It never was released. Uh, the, the label said, we don't hear a single on this one. And then he said, you guys, I'm out. They became... They were still they they remained friends the Gary Sharon and Van Halen but uh, that's the guy so my photo somewhere in your profile picture micro you know just enough to make people say what's that thing on your face got, oh okay got it got it we'll do we'll do uh, yeah 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 I'll have you if you can do something where it looks like you're twirling the end of my mustache just fingers That'd be yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Question three. If you get this one right, I'll give you a coveted tell me what to Google sticker. Ooh, I've I've wanted one of those because I, I I I watch your show, as you know, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would I would yes, what what do I need to do? Do you so, want my first horn? I'll sign it away <laughs> right now. As as you may or may not know, tell me what to Google is no longer the name of this podcast. I've changed the name to the internet says it's true. I still have a giant stack of these stickers. Yeah. Uh, this I can make your dreams come true if you answer this question correctly. This is another multiple choice. The story about Frank Richards and his cannonball stunt was featured in a TV show in the year 2000, along with a seven-year-old bodybuilder, a man who married a Barbie doll, and a velociraptor skeleton. Which TV show was it? Oh, was, no! Was it A, Guinness World Records, okay. B, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or C, Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. Uh, can, I, can I ask a follow-up question? Is that okay? You can, yeah. I mean, there are no rules. Okay. Did Dean Kane host this show? I honestly do not know the answer to that question. Ooh. Okay. So, uh... What was it? What was the first one again? It was... Uh, so, it the, was... so Frank Richards was, was on the show along yeah, with... Now this is a show in 2000, so he's dead at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, long gone. He's Cam but, but took him in but, the middle of the night, snuck into his window, no. slit his throat. Yeah, no, yeah, we that all is know not what... he died. <laughs> he was featured along with a seven-year-old bodybuilder. Yes. A man who married a Barbie doll. Yes. And a Velociraptor skeleton. Okay. And your choices are Guinness World Records, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. Uh. Okay, so get, those don't sound like Guinness World Records. Unsolved mysteries would uh, imply that there was a mystery, but we already know how Frank died. We do. So it's it's not a it's not a mystery. So it's got to be Ripley's Believe It or Not, hosted by Dean Kane. 
It is, and you are correct. And you have taught me something. I didn't know Dean Kane hosted that show. Hey, when you're a Dean head like me, you know everything <laughs> oh, there is no. to know about oh, Dean no. Kane. Oh, no. I do not believe his, or agree with his politics. Yeah, so. No, no. Who, who does? <laughs> who does? You know how I was saying how I get those movies confused, Cannonball Run and, and Every Which Way But Loose? I yeah, also yeah. get Dean Kane confused with uh, Daily. What's Daily? Uh, Carson Carson Daly. Carson Daly. <laughs> Carson Daly and Dean Kane are the same guy to me. If you put if you put Carson Daly and Dean Kane next uh photos side by side with each other, yeah. it looked like before I was sick and after I was sick. Yeah, but I don't uh, know which is which because I don't oh, know who those men are. I know Dean, that one of them was Superman, but I couldn't tell you which. Yeah, Dean Kane was Superman. Um <laughs> one of them follows me on Twitter. I think Carson what? Daly. I I'm pretty sure Carson Daly oh. follows me on Twitter. Carson, if you're watching, I need a job, buddy. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you would obviously be the before picture then, Carson. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <Buddy>. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! So uh, you got that right, which means you get a sticker. Super yes! exciting! Super yes! exciting! Yes! Yeah! <laughs> As you know, I'm a big fan. I know that you changed your uh, the name of your podcast. Uh, I I was unconsolable for uh, days on end. You can ask Lindsay. Um, so this means something to me that there's a little piece of history going to be right here in my in my room. I'm very excited about it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. For question okay. four, yes. For this question, if you get it wrong, you have to work in a phrase of my choice in your next project. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you get, you do a lot of, you do a lot of content, a lot of online content, different media. If you get it right, I have to work in that same phrase in next week's podcast. So here's the phrase. The phrase is quote for the seventh time this year. End quote. That's the phrase. Okay. For the seventh time this year, you just have to write that into a script in one of your sketches or whatever, whatever it is. For the seventh time this year, if you get it right, my podcast next week will say for the seventh time this year, somewhere in the podcast. So another popular act in sideshows, circuses, large events is the yeah. human cannonball, which we touched on earlier, where a performer is shot out of a cannon. What is the farthest distance a human has traveled out of a cannon? Is it a 195 feet, B 450 feet or C 80 feet? Okay. Um, wow. It could be any of those. It I'm really thinking, could. Uh, okay. So I think the first two, you'd probably be dead on landing. Did the guy survive the... Well, they always land in some sort of giant net. Now, I oh, will say the most recent version of the human cannonball that made headlines was Bella Nock from... He's very famous cir circus clown from Cirque du Soleil. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he did it on America's Got Talent, where he he was shot out of a cannon over the rotors of a helicopter, which was incredible, but not the record. The record is either 195 feet, 450 feet, or 80 feet. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go by. Okay, I'm gonna think about last time I saw a cannonball. Last time I saw a cannonball was on Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, my good friend Slizzard was a uh, extra in that. Um, <laughs> let's see. They were shooting each other on ships and different. 
things that seemed like 190 feet but there's also oh but cannonballs are heavy but not as heavy as a person i'm gonna say 80 feet unfortunately the answer this time is 195 feet oh what yeah i was gonna say that way too long for a person to travel out of a cannonball out of a cannon but you know uh, I'm sure the person landed safely or else Guinness would not have recognized the <laughs> the record, right? So 195 feet is the farthest distance a human has traveled out of a cannon. So your next program, whatever it may be, uh, will say for the seventh time this year. That's the quote. All right. Let's. All right. Done and done. This last okay. question is for all the marbles. If you get okay. this wrong, I am banning you from this program never to be asked on again. Okay. You ready right. for this? Okay, that's 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 uh that's uh that's a lot of pressure, but okay. All right. What what's that? Okay. What did you learn about yourself in the past year? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh I learned that I get a lot of my uh a lot of my um uh let's say happiness from performing on stage and uh, being around my loved ones while I'm not performing isn't good on my loved ones. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's what I learned. Uh, well, that is a correct answer. Oh, yeah! That, that is a correct answer. Uh, you will be asked back on the show again um, if you have time in your busy schedule. Now, I am in the same boat, as you know, Scripts half written already. I, I, I will. Be, I'll be on whenever you need me to. Absolutely, for the seventh time this year, I have to have you on six more times, and we can just use that naturally without without. Hey! The... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. So good to see you. Say say hello to everybody there. I will. I will. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks to Eric for the show topic and Joel Savage for being a guest. Go hit Patreon if you want to see video unedited of the guest quiz or to hear bonus episodes. Also, if you learned something this week that you didn't already know from my show, please go over to iTunes, leave a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You got to do it if you learn something. That helps me a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way, we can keep learning something new. If... The Internet Says It's True. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions put them at producer status. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, Alan Sokolik, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, and Jim and Joanne Martin. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from East Jam and Jams. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 